Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. Um, We have, as you see, real people, real freedom. Our society has gotten to where, um, what is a Christian? And nobody can live up to what we claim is a Christian. And so we are here to tell you, those of you, some of you already know some of these stories and, and know us, some of you don't, but we're here to expose who we are and the real Amy and Mark and what we've been through and what we've done. Um, you want to... Does my hair look okay? Is that... Go, go. So we, we've picked... I'm sorry. We picked... She needs to pre-apologize. We picked this title because, first of all, it's our church's motto, and so it became something we decided on in the last talk we had. We had a long list of dirty laundry, we call it. We were going to have some dirty laundry up here. We didn't think that was appropriate, though, so... Chris wouldn't let us put our clothesline with our dirty laundry. So, right. (laughs) We wanted to talk about being real, and so, you know, as Christians, we all know that we hide a lot of stuff. And so our church decided to be real people and to enjoy real freedom as Christians. So being real is something we try to be and we really don't hide anything. Amy's been teaching Sunday school for as long as we've been married. And so our joke is that she never had to write a Sunday school lesson because material just kind of presented itself. Manna from the sky. (laughs) Things that happened to us, she turned it into a lesson, every Sunday school lesson, and every Friday night group that she speaks at. So let's look at what the definition of real is, according to Merriam-Webster, or whoever wrote this. So real means actually existing as a thing or occurring, in fact, it's not imitation or artificial, that it's genuine. And so... Those of you that know us, we try to live up to that. We try not to be fake. We try to be genuine. We tried to hide it a long time ago, but it it became overwhelming. There was too much happens. We just like, you know, we'll just tell everyone. We don't care. So that's kind of how we see that we should be. And so we're just trying to live that for others. So we're going to share with you um, our story. the next one is, is Mark and I, about um, 25 years ago, we got married, and... Um, so, it, hold on a second. We have to talk about the hair there. Look at... You had some, and it was darker. That really is me. Yeah, it really is. That's why I married him, because of that picture. I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> okay. Wait anyway. a minute. Um, so, wait. I'm stuck between the 80s and the 70s, maybe? I don't know. You're stuck. That's right. Okay. She she cleaned me up. um, This is where we began. And um, we're going to tell you a little bit more later about our story. Some of you know that, but but we'll share more with you. Our anniversary is tomorrow. Yeah. Anniversary is tomorrow. I remembered. Next. And this is the clan that we have produced. Um, We're responsible for this is what she's saying. There's our kids. Um, I like to introduce them as... Our kids, we have four girls, three boys, some were adopted, some weren't, but she has a lot more of a unique way to introduce our family. This is our family, and honestly, it was not presented like this or meant to be like this, but it's Memory Megan, Morgan Mark, Max Mason Marley. My name is, my husband's name is Mark, and I'm Amy, but you have to call me mom or I don't fit in the M&M family. Yeah. Um, so. We tried to change her name to Mamie, but she wouldn't. <laughs> no, we're not. She didn't like that. No. Too many illegal things to be changed. And once you start naming a kid or with the same letter, you can't really stop after a while, because then. When we adopted the kids, the, other, the older said, we have to name them with M's or they won't fit in. Mm. And so then that just kind of stuck. Well, because Max was our first one we adopted, because he was black, the older girls tried to find a black name. And so they came up with these 47 letter names. And I explained to them them that it was my fault. I did not give them parameters. He had to be able to spell it by the time he was in kindergarten. 
people had to be able to pronounce it when they see it, and then they wadded the paper up, threw it away, and we named him Max, so Max after my grandfather. I love it. Okay, this is the Combs family and some of the things that represent us. Now wait, um, before you, we need to take a minute. Anyone with small children might want to. Oh no, this is this is the good part. This is the, yeah. This yeah. Is, I'll this warn is you in a minute. Positive. This is still positive. Um, this is us. I am. This will be my. This coming year will be my 40th year with Lebanon City Schools. And thanks. Um, I have been a teacher, a curriculum leader, and now I am a um, parent mentor for special needs kids and um, their families. Mark worked at Miami Valley Hospital, retired, and now he owns his own um, construction business, Combs Home Services. And then we have a daughter who is a radiation therapist. We have one who is an RN. We have a son who is a utility contractor. We have um, a daughter who's a business manager, um, Home Depot, TJ Maxx. We have a welder. We have some really successful kids that are, are really doing well. Um, and we couldn't be prouder of them. Couldn't be prouder of them, including our daughter who um, just recently graduated. We now are officially all adults. Ooh. Children. Yes. The last one. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so Amy and I both were raised in church. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. She was raised in a Baptist church. Which makes us Baptocostal. Right. But when, it was funny when we first met, and we, we, we met in church, so we met in a non-denominational church, and the first time I looked at her Bible, she had all these writings in the Bible. And I, I didn't think you could write in your Bible. I didn't think it was allowed. I thought it was blasphemous or sacrilegious or whatever, one of those words. Because I was anti-religious like, well, that's how we learn. That's how I, and I said, I never wrote in my Bible, so I've written in it since then, though. But we were both raised in church. We met in church, and... Thank uh, you, Greg Sandlin. Yeah, Greg Sandlin is partly to blame. <laughs> it's his fault. I mean, this mess is his fault. <laughs> it, my sister knew Greg. My sister was also in Amy's Sunday school class. Greg knew Amy. So through the school, Greg was trying to fix Amy up with me. My sister was trying to fix me up with Amy, but I had gone through a divorce and I had no intention of, I was trying to survive. I had no intention of dating or getting married or any of that stuff. I was just trying to live day to day. But long story short, we got married. Life is good. We uh, officially, because we were older, I had brought four kids into the marriage. So we decided to adopt a kid. So we adopted three officially adopted three more kids, so we have seven kids. And then, I guess unofficially, <laughs> since we adopted, we, had our, we kept our foster license. So unofficially, while I was working at the hospital, she was still working in an office at school as a curriculum leader then. She uh, calls me up because someone, one of her students was going to be placed into a foster home again. The, the it was my grand student. I had had the dad when he was yeah. in second grade, and now I was dealing with a son when he was in third grade, and so he was my grand student, and I had a special place for him. Right. So she calls me and says, honey, can we bring home, can I bring home one of my students? She didn't say grand students, but she said he's getting ready to go to his 11th foster home. So, and, the, and we, at the time, we thought that they were going to get placed with a biological grandmother a few months down the road, so we, it was going to be temporary. So then, you know, I said, sure, you know, what, what can I say? I had to say, I can't say no. But so we found one. out it was a brother also, so we had two of them. And they were great. They I didn't lived tell with you us. two at once because I was afraid you'd say no, so I, I just said one, couldn't say no to the second one. True. But we, so we had those two guys for six months, maybe. Uh -huh. And we thought we were going to keep them because the grandmother in Pennsylvania almost didn't follow through on her stuff, but she finally did. And so after that, I don't know, a couple of years later, a few years ago, we also had to foster my grand nephews. Great. Great nephews. Yeah, great. However you say it. Because of just drug situation. So we had a couple of... Um, my nephews, my grandnephews, for a short time. Yep. And then we had our one that's still in our lives. Those, those boys, um, we don't see much. Um, Nazir and Isaiah, we see all the time. They've stayed in our lives. My two students, they stayed in our lives, yeah. and we see them and talk to them on the phone a lot. Um, but then we have a, what I call my eighth real child, and that is Tudor. 
Tudor is Mark's ex-wife's son. After he got divorced, she had a child. Um, she ended up passing away with cancer and left him with really nobody. And so, of course, my heart couldn't take that. And so he is ours now and celebrates Christmas and Thanksgiving. And actually, he's getting married here in a couple months, and we're going to be his family representatives at the wedding. And, and so we really have eight kids now, I say, because Tudor's in our family. We tried to get him to change his name to an M name, but he... He didn't, he didn't want to do that. We didn't name him. So, but, so God's really has blessed us through all of that. And if you notice some of the pictures, we live in a beautiful house. If I had lived in the house that I live in today as a kid, I would have been rich. I would have thought we were rich because I grew up poor. She grew up middle class. So it was kind of like the, I'm a little bit country. She's, I'm a little bit rock and roll. She's not the rock and roll, by the way. That was me. But God's been, God's blessed us. So we have two dogs that were really Amy's gifts, but one of them and turned out to be my girlfriend. Dogs. One of them turned out to be Morgan's boyfriend. So we have an 80 pound lab who thinks I'm her boyfriend, so I can't. She wakes him up every morning at 4.30 and wants Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And she'll actually go to the Pop-Tart drawer and knock the cabinet open yeah, to, get so him to get them. It's bad. It's bad, it is real bad. So that's our life, pretty much, um, of who we are. And last week, Dennis talked about um, we're all in the same boat. And so we hope that you're in our boat with us, the cruise liner moving Ooh. down the beautiful sea, looking at the beautiful blue ocean, and enjoying the ride. Love it. Isn't it great? Has anyone been on a cruise here? It's the best ever. It's the best. That's our life. We've only had a few people say that they're not, it wasn't a good experience, but we... It was one of the best vacations we ever had. So that's the boat that I picture us being in forever. However, <coughs> however, what we're really here today for, and because we can't lie, you're not supposed to lie at least. So according to the Bible, in Ephesians 4 and 25, and I like to call this the Irv version, it's really, because it makes fun of me. It's the easy reading version up, I graduated that I used with for kids kind of to understand, and he d makes fun he of He told it. me he knew all about the Bible. I it's thought it was his definition. It's not your friend Irv. It is the easy read version. Because read she's the scripture. A, because she's Move an elementary on. teacher. She says, read the scripture. All right, it says, so you must stop telling lies. You must always speak the truth to each other because we all belong to each other in the same body or... As Dennis said, we're in the same boat. boat. Well, so that's enough of our Facebook family. And if everything you've seen so far is what you see on Facebook. And now we're going to get real with you. She used to, she used to be really upset with when Facebook first came out because we have seven kids. All she would see on Facebook was these perfect pictures, perfect with, families, with families perfect dressed mothers. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The kids Nobody would things. ever put anything on Facebook that was negative. Because no one wanted to see, you know, no one wanted to show their real negative side real. of their family, the real side. So this is where this is where I need to make a yeah. This yeah, I wanted to before you flip the screen. It's too late, Mike. You already did it. Yeah. But I wanted anyone with small children or faint of heart to. It's time you can step out for this next part, but it's okay. This is most, the real. Most family. people just take a minute and look at our. I don't know what do you call this? A wordle mess. A oh, <laughs> word <no>. art. <laughs> Oh. It's a mess. So this is the real Combs, Combs family. We, everything you see on the screen is something we've gone through or are going through. And if you notice on the bottom right, it says ain't so much more because there wasn't room to put everything up there. And I know everyone in here, some, everybody in here has had to deal with at least one or more of what's on the screen. Maybe even have something different. I don't know. But we are dealing with this stuff or have dealt with this stuff or, and so we're gonna talk about a couple of those things and some of the things that really are hitting hard today, one of them is addictions. And so I told you earlier about my grand nephews that I had and I, we got them for a short time because their mother and father were both on drugs and they got removed from their family. And so we had them for a short time. But addiction is not only hit that part of it, it's hit other parts of our lives. And I wasn't going to say this part, but... I told I him he had to because it's not, no, we're not allowed to... Well, I told Amy, I said, I don't want people to think 
less of me, but she said, honey, don't they can't. worry. They oh. can't think any less of you than they already do. <laughs> so addiction was me. Well, as a young man, I was addicted to drugs. I sold drugs just so I could use the drugs for free. That's how I supported my habit for many years as a young man. So, and I lived to tell about it. But addiction can be lots of things. It can be addiction to drugs, alcohol, gambling, shopping, eating. We have um, a daughter who's addicted to stuff. She likes anything new or anything, yeah, it doesn't even have to be a new item. It could be a new event or a new whatever. And that's her, that's where she gets her high. She, she, if, her dopamine rush comes off anything new and then once it's over, she crashes. And so that's kind of an addictive behavior that she has. And probably everybody in here can deal with that. You may not have the heroin or the alcohol or the drugs, but you have somebody in your family, if not yourself, that's struggling with some kind of an addiction. It might be the food issue, yeah. it might be the, um, even just a pop, you have to have a pop, you have to have a cup of coffee. And, and that addiction is you have to have it. Yeah, anything that takes the place of, you know. Of God. Something you should be the doing. The first priority of your life. Right. Um, we've also had to deal with lots of health issues. And I know that's another thing that affects everyone. Not everybody wants to talk about that. We found things out about some of our fellow Christians here that we had no idea they were going through some struggles. And, and I get people like to be private, and that's one thing. Some people are just too prideful. They don't want to ask for help. We were there. I felt terrible asking for help. Amy had a lot of health issues when we were first married. We um, got married in the July of 99, July 10th, because tomorrow's July 10th. Good and then in February of that following year, so six months, we were married six months, and she had to have a major surgery on her, on her abdomen. And so I was changing her diaper, and we'd only been married six Great months. honeymoon, first marriage. So you know that's, that's when true you know love. he really loves you. So that was my chance to leave. But so we had we've had a lot of health health issues. Amy's had a lot of chronic issues that she's dealt with her whole life and our whole marriage. And so a lot of you people have come to our aid over the years, and we appreciate every every one of you. And, and so, many of you can relate to that, whether it's a short-term illness or long-term, or the yeah. caring for somebody who has an illness. Um, both of us cared for our families, our parents, and, until their passing, and, and that was tough. That was tough being that sandwich generation. Many yeah. of you are there, where you have your children, but you also have your parents that you feel responsible or obligated to. And then on top of that, having your own health issues, it was tough. There was a lot of times it was really tough. And... Um, let me tell you about my Jesus. He came through for us during those times. Yeah, every he came, time. Th he came through. Uh, another thing, and, and then our kids. Our kids went through a lot of health problems. They were all in sports, so we've had broken bones and, you know, sprains and you Concussions and all Concussions that stuff. Concussions. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is divorce. And so the church I grew up in, um, and you, we just didn't believe in divorce. And so my first marriage... Uh, let me just say, because my kids are watching, let me just be careful and say, when we got divorced, I got custody of the kids, of all four kids. So that kind of should tell you a little bit about how my marriage was, how my first marriage was. I loved his first wife. Isn't that weird? She had a lot of it, I went problem. to her grandparents' house for Christmas and took the kids over there um, because of my background with education she had some really major trauma events happen when she was a young child. And when I looked at her, I saw that trauma. And all I saw was hate. And but I knew that she was responding she, to that trauma. Amy helped me get over that. And it was, it's true. I, I did not like that woman. But now I feel, felt compassion for her because of her upbringing. She had a terrible life growing up. So, a couple of other things that we, we have on here is, yeah. is adopting the black kids. <clears throat> We decided because of all my health issues not to have children of our own. There were plenty out there and, and they didn't have to be my bloodline. I didn't care about that. I just loved children. And so we decided to adopt. And the lady at the adoption agency said, would you consider a special needs child? 
And we said, well, it depends on what you mean, special needs. You know, I don't want one bedridden because I already have my own chronic health issues. And uh, they, she said, well, you know, like maybe a black child. Oh, they're considered special needs? Yeah, because they're really hard to place. And I said, we'll take one. That was a shock to us. That was easy. Well, we did, and we ended up adopting Max, and we ended up later adopting Mason. And I'm here to tell you, the whole Black Lives Matter thing, I was not real involved in all that stuff until these kids became part of my life. When Max was in high school and they read To Kill a Mockingbird, they decided, the kids on his team, football team that loved him and respected him, decided to lynch him from the cafeteria balcony to do a live representation of To Kill a Mockingbird. We have been through some really tough stuff with that. Um, it, is, it has been a real eye-opening thing for me. The respect that I have grown to give that whole culture and what we have done to them, even though the whole slavery thing is over, supposedly, um, we're still degrading those kids and we're still pointing our fingers at them and expecting different relationships. And um, want to get me started, don't get me started on that because those are my babies and I'm a mama hen. Um, another thing I want to talk to you that's um, a little bit touchy, one of our daughters is um, married to a Muslim. And people say, well, how can you do that and be a Christian? Well, Jesus says you love everybody. He tells us that God will do the changing if he wants them changed. You're not supposed to go out there and change the people yourself. You are supposed to represent me and love me and be me to them. Sheikh has become one of our best family members. We love him dearly. He cares for our daughter wonderfully. We have not a bad thing to say about him. His, he brought his mom over from, they live in Morocco. He brought his mom over for, and she sat at our Thanksgiving dinner with us and enjoyed our time with them. Um, it's, it's, we're representing Jesus to them. And if, if God wants to make a change in him, he will. I want them to know that we're here for them to answer questions or talk to them about it, and I want to have a relationship that they feel comfortable to come and do that with us. We also have a daughter that has chosen to live the um, lesbian lifestyle, and again, same thing. Her partner is very supportive of her and mentally helping her through a lot of stuff, and um, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for that. Um, she's been through a lot of, our daughter's been through a lot of stuff and a lot of trauma herself. And so um, we're thankful that she has somebody that can be there for her and support her. God, she, we raised her knowing Jesus and God. And if God wants her to come home and when he's ready for her to come home, um, he will. He's building a testimony in her and, and she'll come home when she needs to come home. He's in charge of that, not us. But those are some touchy areas of, of discrimination that our, our personal family has dealt with and had to come to overcome. And, and we still get questioned about that and asked about that a lot. The other thing I wanna talk about is the whole education piece. Um, when we got Mason, Mason was thought to be a deaf mute. He wouldn't talk. When I would take him to the doctor, they, the doctor would say, yeah, but when he wants a drink, he'll point to the drink and, and say, you know, uh-uh-uh. And I said, no, he doesn't. And every checkup, we'd go back and I'd say, he needs something, he needs something. And being the education person I am and work with special ed kids, he needs something. I know how important early intervention is. So finally, Mark had to take a day off work and come to the doctor with me because I said one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to be in jail and you're going to raise all these kids on your own because I'm going to kill the pediatrician for yeah. not giving me a referral really so I can him. find he, out what's he, going on. He was a good one. I didn't want anything to happen. Or we're going to end up in a divorce if he doesn't come and help us because Mason <laughs> and I need him. And so he came and he talked the doctor into giving me a referral and we got him into therapy immediately, got him things. He's our welder now who is very successful and our joke is he makes more money than everybody else in the, in the household yeah. and he's 19 That's years old. That's a plug old. for the career center, by yeah, the way. Yeah, plug for the career center there. Um, <laughs> so through him and then two of our grandsons are autistic. 
We have had to go through a lot of IEP, 504, special ed meetings, learning all about that whole special ed process. And for those of you who have never been through that, never dealt with a special needs child, that is huge. Exhausting. It's it is exhausting. huge because you have to be the representative for your family. Nobody knows your kid better than you do. And you have to fight for that and work for that. And that wears you out. That wears you out. Um, the other piece is the mental health piece. We have lots of mental health issues going on. And now that's the, the um, society buzzword. But we have some severe mental health issues going on, um, depression, anxiety, um, lots of medications. We've tried to get things worked through. Through Because of some of the mental illnesses, we've had a lot of suicide dealings. We've had to have hospitalizations. We've had um, missing people. We've had... Um, missing vehicles. Missing vehicles that have been <laughs> stolen. We have had lots of things that have happened all through this mental illness piece. That is real. And if any of you are dealing with that, we get it. We are dealing with that. That doesn't go away. Hopefully you can get the right medication, the right therapy, the right counselors to help you. But guys, it doesn't go away. And so we're still dealing with that as well. And we don't always, you know, we tried therapy, we tried counseling. We, it doesn't mean medication is for everyone. But sometimes it... Sometimes it ends up it, being that, yeah. Right, right. So those are mostly the, those are the big issues. That Our heavy ones. We've dealt with the heavy ones. But I want to talk about just the everyday things that we deal with. Um, just the normal <laughs> car issues. We've had, uh, our basement is flooded three times in 20 years. So two of them were man-made. Kid-made. son, kid-made. <laughs> the last one was just from a storm and the sump pump quit and all that. We've had a house fire. That was kid-made also. But we've had some just normal, normal day-to-day -day things that we deal with every day. And one of the things on the screen, and I just saw a Facebook meme about the hardest thing about being a parent is trying to plan what's for dinner every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and everybody here can relate to that one. Amy's mom Better was, known a, was food a cook. Theory. She cooked for 30 years for Lebanon schools. And she was an awesome cook. And so when we met, her mom was, had just retired and so she knew Amy, inherited this man with these four kids, so she cooked for us almost every day. I'd come home from work, and there on the stove would be this great dinner. There'd be chicken in the, in the oven, and we'd have all the vegetables on the table. It was great. It was wonderful. Well, I mean, my kids were, we were in shock because as a single dad, I was raising these four kids on my own for almost two years, and we ate mac and cheese and hot dogs. I mean, that's what we ate. So Grilled we, cheese and tomato soup, too. Well, we ate, well, yeah, that's true. That was my second meal. So her mom did this almost every day. We called her the food fairy because she had a key to our house. She could come and go as she wanted, and we loved it. So as her mom got older, she, could, she was able to do it less and less. And so it was kind of, you know, we knew one day that she wasn't going to be able to do it anymore. And that day came, and I specifically remember talking to Amy about, well, what do you want for dinner tonight? And she said, I don't know, whatever you want to fix. And I said, well, what are you going to fix? She said, oh, sweetie, I don't cook. <laughs> and I said, well, wait a minute, your mom is a I am my cook. father, I fix, I don't She cook. said, oh, I didn't get that gene from her. And she, she was a lion. So I learned to cook after that. I so don't cook. what's for dinner became a big deal for me. Uh, so now... After, After you look saying at all, all these... that, I want to ask you guys the same question yeah. again. You guys saw the cruise ship earlier. Those of you that have been on a cruise know that those are wonderful. So let's take a look at the next slide. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Now, are you guys in our real boat? Are you in our boat? Because this is what ours looks like sometimes. Now, I do have tools, and I can fix a lot of things, but... Sometimes our bolt has holes in it. Sometimes it, uh, it doesn't float as well as it should. Yeah, right. <laughs> Most of the time it doesn't float. But, you know, we know that Jesus works all things for the good of those who love him. So sometimes 
you're in the cruise liner, sometimes you're in Gilligan's boat. The cruise liner is usually for a week. Yeah. This is life. Um, people have asked us all the time, how do you guys do this? And you're always so positive and you're, you're walking around and things are good. And how are you doing this? How do you, how do you keep up and keep upbeat about things? And how do you do this? Um, one of the things we do is, is count on and, and hope for and pray for um, divine intervention. And we have a scripture that we have kind of held firm to. Yeah. Mark, do you want to read that? Yeah, it's uh, Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient and accept each other with love. You are joined together with peace through the Spirit. Do all you can to continue as you are, letting peace hold you together. And boy, sometimes that's hard. And with the, the Muslim, the lesbian lifestyle, the mental illness, those kind of things, we have to accept all that with love. We don't have to accept the lifestyle, the behavior. We don't have to ex accept those things, but we still have to love them and work through it. And it is hard. It is not easy. It is hard. The Bible tells us all the time that obstacles are going to be placed before you. You're going to have tests all the time. Some are God letting you experience something so that you can have a testimony for him. And some are Satan attacking you and working on you and seeing if your faith is strong enough to overcome Satan and his, his fiery darts. You know, back in um, the Old Testament, Isaiah 40, I think it is, says that, you know, he gives you all the strength that you need. He'll give you the wisdom. You need to seek him and ask him for that. Mark wanted to bring our knee pads. I have volleyball knee pads from where I play volleyball. He has knee pads from where he does work. That was going to be the other prop we were having because of the amount of time we spend on our knees in prayer, asking God to give us wisdom. We also understand God's promise that says all these things will turn out for the good. Somehow, every one of these things that we've been through turned out for the good. The flooded basement got us insurance money so we could remodel the basement, which became an apartment for our daughter and her sons. The fire in the kitchen, Marley trying to cook fried pickles and had no clue what she was doing, <laughs> um, which burnt my kitchen down. But anyway, got me a new kitchen with new cabinetry and new stove. And, and so God does have a way of working all these things for the good. Here's the catch. Are you willing to work through it and count on God to be there with you to get you through that shipwreck of a mess that you're living in? Because that's what we've had to do. Mark and I have had to come closer to each other and to God. And you know, Dennis told our line last week about the three chords. You know, we have Amy, we have Mark, and we have God. And this week I had to go to Columbus to get a treatment for my medicine, for my issues. And, and he said, we were talking about the stolen car and, and all this stuff happening. And he said, luckily there's the two of us and we get, can stand back to back, which Dennis said, if you were here last week, Dennis had talked about. And I said, and we have God to wrap his cord around us. And so the three of us together can get through this. And you know what? Every time we have. And all these things that happened, our son, our older son, who now has a beautiful son um, and another one on the way. He was an addict and he got violent. Our daughter was petrified of him. We came home one day and he had Max up by the throat against the wall going to kill him because he didn't like what he was saying. We kicked the boy out of our house that minute, that very minute he was out. You're not coming back. I can't have my kids in danger. That was the hardest thing. Hardest thing I've ever done. Well, not, it wasn't the hardest thing I ever did. It I was the hardest thing I had ever well, done. I had to sing a solo in sixth grade once. That wasn't. <laughs> the music teacher, that was bad. It was the second Anyway, hardest. moving on. Um, <clears throat> that was a problem. We was don't tough. want to go there. Um, he just sent us, just this past week, not knowing we were doing this, he had no clue. Yeah. He sent us this text message out of the clear blue saying, guys, I want to thank you for being the great parents you are. Had you not done that and thrown me out to the wolves, basically, to realize how hard life really was, I would never have come home. 
and he's been our prodigal son. He's come home. He's raising this wonderful family. He's clean. It, he's sober. He, it, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. And, but we had to just let go of him and turn him over to God and say, God, you let us borrow him from you. you he was a gift from you to us. We had to let him go. And through all of this, we have always counted on God to get us through this. It's not easy, guys. Don't think that we've just breezed through this. It has not been easy. There's we've, been a, we've, we've done a lot of crying. We have done a lot of crying. You know, and I don't usually admit that, but. The cheapest place to get uh, tissues is Walmart. Yeah. And um, we have lots of boxes around the house because we've had to it's tough. use our, our share. We've got a couple stories. I want to give you some specifics about how God has intervened in our life and some of the miraculous things that he's done. Uh, Mark, you want to share the first one? Yeah, I don't know if you guys can read that slide. Do we have that slide? Yeah. This is a tissue, speaking of tissues. Yeah. This is a Kleenex tissue that, if you notice the date, it's from June 25th of 98. So the church that we used to go to, um, most of the choir and the church, Amy was in the choir at that church. At the time, we didn't know each other. We had went to a camp meeting at Princeton Pike Church of God on this date. And so the evangelist on that day was speaking on the book of Ruth and how she was gleaning in the fields in chapter two, picking up all the leftover grain from the harvesters. And so he called each, each handful of grain she picked up handfuls of hope. So he passed out a tissue to every person in the congregation. And that was kind of symbolic of us grabbing a handful of hope, just like in Ruth. And so she stood on God's word and everything turned out better for her because she was in a foreign country and it was, it was, she was in a mess. So I just happened to write on there, handful of hope, put the date on there and said what it was. Now below that, I, I don't know if you could read what it says below, where it says, could you say I met Amy at UDF? Yeah. Saw Amy. So I wrote this in later after we met each other, but I kept that in my Bible in the book of Ruth. So on the way home from Princeton Pike, church, I had my nephew with me, my kids. I pulled into UDF. My nephew went in to get a drink or something. Amy pulled in with her friend right next to us. I didn't know her. I just recognized her from church. Her friend got out and went in the store and I just glanced over and just kind of waved at her. And when he waved, God audibly, and I'm not kidding to you, audibly spoke to me and said, Amy, that is going to be your husband. And that's I did the not power know who he I was. <clears throat> as a Lightning came and thunder rolled. Honey, we're telling the truth. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, heard I did God talk. tell me that that is going to be my husband. I didn't know his name. I didn't know anything about him. I knew he went to our church. That's all I knew. But I, he didn't say that to me, though. So when we met later, she said, no, God told me. So I didn't think I had a choice. She, I keep a journal, and um, just recently, I'm, I'm going through purging stuff and cleaning up stuff, and recently read through the journal, and, and it was hysterical, the whole relationship piece of getting to know him, and, and I thought he was married and had these kids because his sister, Brenda, that he talked about earlier that was friends with Greg, um, was always helping him with the kids. And I said, God, you can't do this. Help. You can't tell me this man is going to be my husband and he's married. And look, his wife is there and she loves those kids. That was the aunt of the kids, but I didn't know that. And so I'm freaking out. And then Greg finally had to talk me off the ledge and figure me out who people were. And, and that worked out okay. <laughs> the other thing, we ended up married and here we are today with all the mess we are in and our cruise liner. I didn't find out till later. My buddy said, dude, you didn't have to marry her. God didn't tell you. But it's too late now. When he asked my dad for my hand in marriage, my dad told him. And so my mom, until she passed away, reminded him often. He said, yes, you can have her, but there's three conditions. You need to understand there are no refunds, no returns under any circumstances. You have to... No exchanges. And no exchanges. You have to live with her the rest he of the He really life. said that to me. And so mom... And I laughed... Because I thought he was joking, but he, he wasn't was, joking. He wasn't joking. When he would complain to mom, mom would say, Louie told you. Yeah. Louie told you. I'd go to he her said, mom and say, you know, Amy, and I just couldn't even finish it. She would say, I don't want to hear it. Louie tried to tell you. Louie <laughs> tried to warn you. Luckily, he was dumb enough and didn't listen. Yeah. Another miracle that <laughs> happened that God spoke to us was um, we, um, 
had our, our six kids, Mason and Max were our two adopted ones. I was working in the office as a curriculum leader and, and um, I get a phone call from Mandy, our adoption agent, and she says to me, Amy, how are you doing today? And I said, fine. And, and she said, hey, Mason's birth mother just gave birth to another child. And she wants this child to go home with her, the brother. And I said, oh, okay. This wasn't on our plan. And she said, well, I told her that. And I said, you already said six was it, you were done. And she said, well, you just please ask. Will you just please ask? So I'm calling to ask. And I said, oh, wow, I, I have to talk to Mark. And I, I, I don't know. She said, that's okay, that's okay. Call me Monday, this is on a Friday. Call me Monday and say, Amy, we need more time. And I'll place the child in a foster home until you guys decide. You can um, call and say, absolutely not. We're in over our heads now, forget it. Or you can say, yes, we'll take it. And I said, okay. She said, so take the weekend, talk about it, call me back Monday. Fine. Of course, if I'm going to sit at my desk and be miserable all day, guess who else is going to sit at the hospital in their office and be miserable all day? So I called him and I told him the story. He says to me, oh, okay. That's not exactly what I said. Honey, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. And so... Is there a seven-second delay on this, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> so leave her out. <laughs> no, honey, there isn't. Um, so we made a promise to each other. We talked to each other about it. We are not going to tell anybody, and we didn't. Not our parents. Not, just, it was just between the two of us and God that this child was offered to us. We did not want, if we decide to say no, we did not want Mason to know that we didn't take his, his biological sibling. We did not want that to happen, and so we just said, we'll pray about this. Now, I'm all the time, I have a unique relationship with God because um, I talk to him and I get, I can get ugly with God. I can, you know, do my two-year-old temper tantrum and say, God, come on, and throw my little fit. I can also praise and worship him and and be very reverent and respectful. But we have such a close relationship that that I get real with him. And I told him, I said, God, I need divine intervention here. What am I going to do? We have got to make a decision for our family. This isn't about me. This isn't about Mark. This is our whole family. Give us some wisdom. All weekend, no answer, no answer, no answer. Sunday, I'm putting the two boys in the... um, nursery and Mark goes on in to get our seats and stuff and he comes back to the nursery door and he said Amy you know how you always tell God just send me a telegram just pick up the phone God and call me and say Amy this is God here's what you're doing and I said yes and he says well he did this was the cover of the church bulletin the Sunday Sunday the Sunday two days later after and of course this was already printed on Friday afternoon And if you see, it says a gift from God, and underneath it says, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. So what do you do with that? And he said, I think God talked to you. You can't argue with God. I mean, there's three kids, or this one would have been our third that we adopted. So so I looked at him, and he said to me, so are you going in to tell your mom, because mom went to church with us at that time, she was still living, and uh, he said, are you going in to tell your mom we're getting another child, or am I? And I said, well, let's go in and do it together. (laughs) And so we went in, we told mom, and her first question was, well, is it a boy or a girl? Of course, she's excited it's a grandkid. And those of you that are grandparents, you know grandkids are wonderful because you get to send them home when you're done with them. Anyway, um, she's so excited. Is it a boy or a girl? And I looked at Mark and Mark looked at me and I said, Mandy said that, Mason's birth mother gave birth to another child. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. We never got that far. We had boy stuff. We had no girls. So, of course, and of course, as Mason, because that was our last one, as Mason outgrew everything, I got rid of it. Even the the onesie outfits that boy or girl could wear. You know, I got rid of it. We need to get it out of there. We don't have room in our house. So I had nothing. Nothing. He was a year old. They're a year apart. Um, Nothing. So... I called Mandy up. I said, yep, we're going to take her. Okay, come get her. Um, it's a girl. We asked her if she's a boy or girl. And I said, of course it would be a girl, you know. Yeah. Um, the church was wonderful. They, they took care of us and, and showered us with great gifts and, and family and friends. And 
Uh, we went and got her. Of course, now, I'm a curriculum director at the school, and the entire, at that time it was um, second grade, the entire second grade staff was depending on me to write the curriculum and lesson plans for the next few weeks, because I was a few weeks ahead of them all the time. And now I need to go on maternity leave right now. I left Friday. Most people have warning. And we're picking the baby up on Tuesday. So I go in on Monday and I explain this to my boss. She said, oh, and of course this is all before COVID, so nobody had heard of work from home kind of stuff. Now it would be a totally different story. But so on Wednesday, we, I took off Wednesday, we went and picked her up. On Thursday, Marley Elizabeth Combs is at Donovan Elementary laying on my desk while I'm at the computer working, and that's where she spent the first six weeks of her life while I got myself together. Teachers would come in and hold her and love on her and feed her, and, and it was free daycare, and she sat at work with me for six weeks while I tried to get myself together enough to take the rest of the year off. It was, it was crazy. God took care of that. What are the chances of her coming? My joke is that God knew he was coming because seven is a complete and holy number. And so we couldn't have six kids. That wasn't allowed. No, we could have. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, well, it had to be seven. Mm. And she has just been a real joy to our, to she, our lives and, as a, baby and a great blessing. As a baby, she was awesome. She didn't take a pacifier even. She slept all night. Because she was at school right from the beginning. Yeah. I figure I, that's why she didn't like school. We had a hard time getting her graduated because she'd been in school literally her whole life. Yeah. Well, she was the, out of all seven kids, she was the, <coughs> the easiest baby. But Without then, a doubt. Then she became a teenager, and that's a whole nother, a whole nother uh, lesson. A girl and teenager. We have to say nothing else to those of you who have And the baby that. girl. And the baby girl yeah. on top of that, yeah. The baby of seven, yeah. Okay, so the next slide, we wanted to say... In Matthew 7:20 says, "Therefore, by their fruits you will know them." So that's kind of part of what we're here about. We're trying to just show people that we're Christians because it's easy to say I'm a Christian, and so we have lots of fruits to to show people. And here they are on the next. And here's slide. our fruits. <laughs> this is our crew, um, all of them together. Megan, um, the nurse, they pulled her graduation picture off of the wall because she was working, and so she couldn't be there, and they were upset, so they pulled her graduation picture off the wall so she could be in the family picture. Um, that's everybody right there. Um, the guy in the center with the hat and the beard, that's our um, unofficial adopted son, Tudor. That's his ex-wife's um, child, and, and Brianna, his fiance, is next to, next to him. We've got Braden and Gabe, our two um, grandchildren, grandsons that are um, on the spectrum. They're standing up over there on the side. Um, Mark Jr. and Barrett, our other grandson, are sitting on the couch next to them. His wife is not in the picture because, unbeknownst to us at the time, she was at home throwing up, thinking she was sick, but she's really pregnant. We're going to have a little baby girl here in another Finally. month or so. So, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, and then down at the bottom, we have Corbin. Corbin is um, the guy with the glasses sitting next to Marley, and he is married to Morgan, the one holding the picture of Megan. And you don't, we don't talk much about them. You don't hear much about them, and you know why? They're they're so boring. They have, they're goody two-shoes. I don't on think the they've ever show. broke a law. You know, they have know. followed the perfect no. little typical leave it to mm -hmm. beaver kind he's of life. He's a computer nerd. He's a computer nerd, yeah, and she's so. this business manager, and just these great people, and, <laughs> and bought this house, and they're redoing it all themselves, and it's, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's boring, boring for us. No testimony. And, but we love them. And then on the floor there, you'll see Shake. He's the um, Moroccan with memory and, and behind him. And you see everybody there. Um, that's our crew. That's the fruits of our spirit. And there's testimonies coming out of that clan that can come out of your clan too. But if you notice, everyone's smiling in the picture. So. And they really are. We have a good time together yeah, despite all the... Um, Gilligan's Island mess that we're trying to live through. And that is pretty much, if those of you that remember that, that pretty much is our life. Um, we have been through a lot of things. And we know everybody in here, whether you're ready to admit it or not, have been through a lot of things. We come clean because we want to testify about Jesus. We want to tell you what he's done with our life. Every one of these things we do laugh about. Last Friday night, we were... We were 
run some errands, and Mark and I are cracking up laughing as we're trying to go from one place to another, and a son calls and says, I'm at the Y, I just locked my keys in the car, can you come? So we had to turn around and go back, and we're heading back to the place again, and then we get another phone call, hey, do you guys, so we turned around and went back, and we're laughing, saying then this 20-minute trip. Then we got a roadblock was on the road, so we couldn't go to Forest, we had to go around the road, and then it started raining, and then it's like, we, and we really was going kind to, of our life, so we to just, trim up we a grandma's laugh. house, and yeah, yeah, it was a mess. But anyway, that's our life and we laugh about it now because we do know we have real freedom we do know who's in charge of this and despite all of this craziness that we're living through we know for a fact that Jesus has got this right and for us right now it's a testimony we did not realize that we were going to be sitting up here sharing this stuff with you guys but we realize now that this was a testimony God was giving that because he knew we would be wise enough, he would give us enough knowledge and wisdom to share that with you, to be real with you guys, to say, we're a hot mess. Despise what you see out there on a Sunday morning. Um, I, I asked Joe, I said, for those of you who don't know, I am a, the lead deacon here. And I said, after I tell everybody my real life, are they going to kick me out and excommunicate me off the deacon board? And, and he just laughed at me. Um, but we're real. We're real people. And you guys are too. And you can have the real freedom that we have dealing with the real lives that we're dealing with if you will give it to Jesus. You need to give it to him. You need to bring him into your lives. Um, we are gonna, we're gonna hang out up here a little bit afterwards and if anybody wants to come up and, and wants to talk to us more about a specific area, we are prayer warriors, we will pray for you. We will um, keep you in touch with you. If you need encouragement, um, Mark and I are, are more than happy to give it to you. You have to be ready to laugh because we probably will make you laugh when we're telling our stories um, because that's the spirit of joy that God has given us to get through all of that stuff. So um, we want to thank you guys for listening to us. Um, Mark wanted to leave everybody with a, yeah. a blessing. Well, we really do have more info. Lots. This, we probably have Weeks Joe didn't want us to take the whole summer and do the whole summer series. He just wanted us to do one of them. Yeah. But and I go think, ahead. I think Joe picked us because we were the most screwed up family he knew of, so we would represent well. We have known Joe since he was 15 years old. Yeah. So we, Joe has been in our life forever. So I do want to leave you with this. In Numbers 6, 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we want to thank you guys. And we'll have our uh, books uh, sitting out on the table We don't have books, honey. We don't have time to write we don't books. Have books. No, we don't have time to write books. CDs. Thank you, guys. We appreciate CDs. you. CDs.